Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we entertain, inspire, and accidentally educate fellow sexy humans by sharing our best and worst informative and confusing sexual experiences so that we may all lead better laid lives. Our guest today is a 22-year-old bisexual cis female in a monogamous relationship with a dude. She's a student studying digital media, enjoys things she maybe shouldn't be doing, maybe where she could get caught, but like maybe not actually caught. She's into a little bit of choking, giving up control. From Australia, welcome, Z. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here. Can you start off by rating yourself on a sexual shameometer with 10 being super shame and one being not so shame? Well, I was thinking about this. I probably sway between a two and a five, depending on my mood. Um, yeah, say more. I, yeah, I can be really open and relaxed with people I'm comfortable around, both like, you know, in the act and talking about it. I love talking about it. But then there are moments where I'm like, I don't want to tell anyone what I want. I'm like, I want to pretend that it doesn't exist. And I'm like, um, yeah, wanting just a bit more conservative, but it depends on my mood. <laughs> Can you say a little more about those moments where you don't want to say what you want? Are those with partners like in the bedroom or is that like in general in the world? Um, actually, I think I should rephrase. It's not like I don't want, I sometimes feel like I can't or that uh -huh. I shouldn't. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, I feel like, oh, I, it should be a private thing. I should keep it to myself. And there's a voice in the back of my head that's like, that's silly, just say it. But there is like a, a belief there that it should be like a private thing. And um, we'll get into it later. But I think I know where those okay. that has come from. Um, but yeah, I, there has been times in the past, I'm way better with it now where I just, I won't say what I want. Yeah. Or I, um, I'll be scared to say what I want. Same. I, I still struggle with that. Way. 
It's funny because I started asking people about the shame meter because I can I feel like in my body, in my physical body, like I'm a thermometer and I can feel when it starts mm-hmm. to rise up and I, I can shut down. So I think of it as a silly sounding carnival thing. Yeah. Can you give us a little overview of your current sex life? Right now, my sex life is amazing. <laughs> it's just getting better and better. Um, I've been with my partner for, well, we've been properly dating for like three months, but I've known him for a lot longer, mm. a little bit longer. And just over the past month, we've just been experimenting and we went away on the weekend. So there was no one around, could make as much noise as we wanted. And just it's just getting better and better. <laughs> We're just really, really in tune with each other really dedicated to each other's pleasure. Like we we are excited and passionate about making each other feel good. And it's just like explosive, amazing. (laughs) It's really good. Fuck yeah. Okay. Okay. So now take us back in time to your early years. When do you first remember hearing about sex and what do you remember feeling about it? Hmm. Well, that's probably getting right into it because I probably the first time I was introduced to it was when a family member introduced me to it so if you want to get into that now that's <laughs> that's probably my earliest yeah if it feels comfortable to you I would love to have you walk us through what that was like to have that as your foundation and then I would mm-hmm. love to hear what you have done since then to kind of to take care of yourself now that you are an adult yeah so it began and I'll preface it with I never had any violent or negative negative in quotation marks experiences it was always a curiosity based experience that I couldn't consent for because I was far too young but it was never violent a family member would ask me to do certain sexual acts uh, would show me some magazines uh, showed me some things on the internet kind of just introduced me to these things and he was he was uh early teens so in a very curious stage of his life not really knowing how much of an effect that would have on me and um yeah introduced me to those things in that way and me and you know brought that into my mind at a far far younger age than obviously I would ever have done so I would probably have been around six Mm -hmm. and so I didn't really know it was a bad thing necessarily until my, my parents actually found out and, and, you know, stopped it. And we didn't even speak about it for many, many years. And then there was a point where I was at, had an opportunity to speak with him. It was, we were brought together by my dad who helped us, you know, talk about it with each other. He apologized and we had that moment. Whoa. Since then I've, been to therapy slash counseling with two different people done a lot of a lot of talking through things a lot of crying a lot of releasing anger um journaling uh talking with myself about things talking with other people that I trust and really just working through those feelings of betrayal and anger and that loss of childhood so that I have being able to reach a place of forgiveness and acceptance. And that's pretty much where I am now with that. Would you mind sharing with us, you know, how you have still formed into a sexual being and it sounds like you've done a lot of healing. Mm-hmm. And I just would love to hear whatever you can share about kind of the details of your thoughts around it. And if I'm hearing you, it sounds like there was a gap between when and there was a stop put to it and when you had the 
in-person moment. And so I'm curious mm. what, what pieces your very young brain and heart put together and how you made yeah. sense of it. I think, as I said, for a long time, it didn't even really click that it was, that it shouldn't have happened or that it was a bad thing that happened. And it probably wasn't until around the time that conversation was initiated that I was thinking, oh, like that, that shouldn't have happened. That wasn't, you know, necessarily a good thing. And that was when I was kind of after the, um, the conversation with him or around that time that I started feeling that anger Mm. and feeling that, that sadness or that, that the the grieving of, of that childhood that I was missing. Um, and it became over the years, it became less about him. I kind of put, I was able to put that in a separate box of understanding Mm. and, um, acceptance. And it was more just like, okay, how can I heal these parts of me that have been hurt? Um, because I can't control what he did. I can't control him. I have nothing to do with him, but I can control how I deal with it and how I experience it. Um, so I just started, yeah, focusing on that, that personal healing and letting go of that personally. But as for, um, how it formed my sex life, I've, I've had, I've thought about that. I'm like, how, uh, it's kind of amazing that I was able to experience that and still, you know, have a very positive sex life now. I mean, it's taken a long time to get here, mm-hmm. but, um, probably one of the most interesting things and we can talk a bit more about it in later on but one of the things just to share a little bit of detail is that I did perform oral on him and although that was a negative experience like in that I was too young to have consented now that's one of my favorite things to do Um, it's something I really enjoy doing and really enjoy giving pleasure. So that's been like a a weird, um, thing to balance or to understand. It sounds like you've done a lot of healing. Does stuff Mm -hmm. ever come up for you in real time when you're in pursuit of your own pleasure these days or what's it been like for you? In terms of that specific experience, it's really at peace. Okay. Um, I can talk about it quite freely, freely and yeah, that, it, it's no, no longer a problem for me. There are a few times over the years where, where emotions would come up during sex and, I, and I, I was like, okay, there's still, there's still more to work on there. Uh, but now, yeah, it's, um, it's not really a problem. How, aside from this, it sounds like adult intervention, how was sex talked about in your family, in your household? It pretty much wasn't. Okay. Um, I grew up in a very strict religion where it was pretty, like, you... I don't remember being told this personally. I just learned about it later on, but you weren't allowed to masturbate or you weren't meant to masturbate. You only would have sex. Like you can't use condoms because the only sex that you should be having would be to procreate. Um, It was very much sex, shameful, no pleasure, no fun. Uh, (laughs) Thankfully we, the family left that religion when I was six. So I kind of missed, a lot of that but I think that really did plant some seeds so I really didn't get much of a talk because by the time I was the I was of the age to really think about that my parents had separated my mom wasn't really comfortable with talking about it 
And it wasn't actually until I lost my virginity that she brought the topic up. So yeah, I really had no talk whatsoever. (laughs) When you lost your virginity, did that come up because she knew, like, was that, was there a story around that? Yeah, I think I told her a little while after it happened and um, she was calm and uh, I think she then got me some condoms and she gave me a bit of a talk and, um, but honestly, it wasn't significant enough that I I can barely even remember it happening. I just remember that I did, I did tell her. So I felt fairly open with her. I've always shared a lot with my mom, but um, yeah. So when did you start touching yourself? And do yes. you? And well, what is that like? Yes. The first ever time that I was like, oh, pleasure, like that's a thing, was when I was um, home alone and I just went to like sit down on the edge, of, like on the, the arm rest of a chair. And I like must have just sat in a position and I'm like, oh, oh, is that? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I just like wiggled around a bit more. I'm like, oh, okay. And I think that was it for then. And then the next time I was in the shower and like had the shower head that somehow like managed to pass through the region. I'm like, Ooh, okay. There's that feeling again. <laughs> and that's where it all started. And, um, I wasted a lot of water <laughs> after that point. Um, and funnily enough, uh, we then moved to two different, like, we've, so anyway, we, we were in a new house and I was, doing the same old routine with the shower head <laughs> and mom sits me down uh, one afternoon. She's like, look, you've been wasting a lot of water. Um, I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be <laughs> happy to, you know, experience those things. But, you know, we, we are, you're going through a lot of water. So I, I've just got <laughs> you something to help. And she brings out this bag <laughs> Oh my god! And I take it out, and there's this little pur- purple sparkly vibrator. Why are they always purple? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so she just wanted to help me out, and I was absolutely mortified. I was so embarrassed. Oh my god! How old were you at the time? I probably would have been twelve, turning thirteen. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> did you uh, use it? Yes, I did. I'm pretty sure I used it that <laughs> night. <laughs> Uh, I was very embarrassed, but very thankful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do believe you're the first person I've spoken to who had a parent buy it for them. I think somebody's mom went with them, but you were the first one that whose mom has been like, here you go. Yeah. What did I, I mean, I, I understand why that would be mortifying and I, I would be totally mortified, but that's great actually. (laughs) It really is. I, I, I kind of applaud my mom for being considering her upbringing because my whole family was brought up in the church so yeah. her whole life she was you know had that shameful yeah. message being told to her and she still felt like she was comfortable enough to to do that and to talk about that that's so amazing I, I, I think yeah. that's a big yeah. deal it is <sighs> that gives me yeah so how do you like to touch yourself will you please share details yeah. I um I was thinking about that I don't do it as often I don't do it that often because I when there's a lot going on in my life or when there's other things that I'm passionate about, self-pleasure kind of moves down the rank of importance for me. It's not, it's not a major priority, but when I do, I just recently bought a rose quartz, like crystal yeah. pleasure one. That's been amazing. That's kind of like leveled up my, <laughs> how my do you use it? Like, what do you do with it? Is it like dildo-y or is it like pressure-y or what do you do? Mm. 
um, mainly dildo-y, but I really like the the weight of it, the feeling of the, like, smooth, really smooth crystal, very soft, and, like, once it's really warm, once it's been inside my body, like, I love that feeling. And, um, yeah, I just kind of, I love moving it in and around everywhere Mm -hmm. just because it's so smooth and so slippery. And then, yeah, mainly as a dildo, which um, I think is really nice with that weight. I've never experienced, you know, I've only ever had artificial dildos with like made out of plastic and they always just feel a bit gross (laughs) to me. So this just feels really, really like natural and like pure and, and powerful. So I really love that. Cool. And are you, can you come from inside? Do you, are you an outside? What's your clitoris like? So uh, I can come from just just touching my clit but it's um uh during sex it's like a both thing cool (laughs) both of them I I don't think there's one time in my life that I've been able to orgasm without touching my clit at the same time like I'm not able so far so yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) to to experience like just internal orgasms cool I'm in the same way half most of the time but also sometimes I get caught off guard now but that didn't Mm. happen for a long long time so so you said touching yourself is not necessarily a top priority, but it also sounds like you have access to regular intercourse. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. I feel like that's partly why it's yeah. not a huge priority because I know that at least once or twice or three times a week I'll have amazing sex. So it's not, yeah, it's not super important to me to make that time. But I am aware that I want to deepen that connection with my body. Mm-hmm. So I'm wanting to make more time for it. But there are like... <laughs> either once a month or once every, you know, couple of months around the time I ovulate, I get an insanely horny period for like a few days or a week where my hormones are like crazy. It's all I can think about, all I can do. I'm just like all throughout the day, I'm just in my room, door closed. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'm like reading sex stories on Reddit or like just watching porn in the middle of the day. Like I just, my hormones just go insane and I can't function as a normal human being because I'm so horny. So in those times, self-pleasure and sex and doing those sorts of things are really important. But then sometimes then that, that, you know, fades away and I'm back to my regular self. So, yeah. When you have sex during those times with a partner, do you feel a difference? Like, are you like more? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm way more, it just, it feels more intense. I find it easier to, to initiate mm. and to take the lead or to, to jump into things and be really excited about it. Because although I'm excited about sex, you know, in everyday life, I find it hard to, like, my libido doesn't feel strong enough for me to just, like, suddenly, you know, take the lead and, and start things with him. I kind of wait or, you know, he just initiates things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when I'm in those moods, I'm just like, hurrah, <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, jump into it. And I, everything feels more intense and pleasurable. <clears throat> oh. Okay. So leading up to this boyfriend, would you care to share some of your partnered experiences that felt significant or fun or yummy or terrible or anything? Sure. I had a few. <laughs> I had an interesting one last year because I ended a two and a half year relationship and went traveling. And then when I moved back to, when I came back to Australia, I relocated to a new place and just decided, right, I'm going to have my slut phase. (laughs) 
So I got on Tinder and um, had a few interesting experiences, but there was one with a guy who just discovered the kink world and he was on, you know, Fet Fet Life, that Mm -hmm. app. And, you know, turns up to my house with a duffel bag (laughs) full of things. (laughs) Which is like very exciting if you know and could be very terrifying if you're just like, wait, what the fuck? (laughs) I've never, I've dabbled, but I'd never gone that far with it. And then I think we had sex once and then we went to a like kink party together. Oh, wow. And it was like at an, a venue that does these events and there's two floors and it was one of the most insane things I've ever experienced, I think. So there was, you know, think like little things that had, you know, someone, a girl was laying over a thing and she was getting spanked. And in the next room they had the, the vac machines where they vacuum like your body yeah. into the... Yes, like a va- it's, it's a back bed. Yeah. Yeah, a back bed. And then um, there was like a, a kid at like a playroom where there was no sex allowed in it, but there was two kids' beds and you could go in there and, you know, do age play. Oh, wow. Uh, there was a medic room where you could do needle play, which oof, I wasn't into that. <laughs> <laughs> Downstairs, I saw there was a bedroom. I witnessed my, um, like two guys together for the first time with my own eyes was like I just wanted to stay there and watch the guy was this is like oh let's keep let's keep moving <laughs> like no I want to look at this I know right so I'm the same way I get turned on by stuff if I if it's sexy and hot and I don't mm-hmm. I don't filter I guess by gender okay. yeah same yeah yeah same um yeah there was, anyway there was lots to there and then I got strapped to a wheel a spinning wheel <gasps> um, pretty much almost nude <laughs> <laughs> like a big, like a big, what do you mean a spinning wheel? Like a big like, wheel? Where, yeah, like the straps go like all on your arms and torso and legs. And everyone is watching. There was a heap of people in the room. And, you know, he touched me while I was <laughs> strapped to this spinning wheel. What? Um, and then Did you go I upside down? Off, yeah, he did like a one full rotation and then just kind of was moving me around. Okay. I did a terrible job of asking you questions in order. What <laughs> level of kink experience did you have at this point? Like, was this your first? Virtually none. Oh. I mean, I've done a bit of spanking, bit of choking, bit of like tying up, but this was, yeah, this jump, like, you know, threw me into the deep end, but I really enjoyed it. After I got taken off the wheel, um, he found like a ruler, some, like they had like a, you know, a whole pile of instruments that you could choose from and he picked up a ruler and like got me to put my arms up against the wall while he spanked me and people watched and I loved the idea that people like watching me I loved the pain of it it was really nice you know experimenting with that pain play which I hadn't done a lot of and kind of pushing my boundaries Uh, I even that night I witnessed a man in a a bearded man in a white butcher's apron whipping and slapping and hitting a girl with a, a stick until her ass was bleeding and he his oh. apron was covered in blood and you know all of the oh my god and, you know, there was a guy doing puppy play in a cage like I just it was like whoa I love cages. <laughs> oh my god I've no. never seen anyone bleed in real life but I know some people who are like yeah. into that level of of canings and I'm just like whoa so I do okay. want to pause and ask, what, if any, safety conversations did you have leading up to this event with your partner? He was pretty new to it as well, and he was very anxious. He was a very anxious, quiet-spoken guy. So he 
I think when we were sitting in the car, he was, you know, I think one of us brought up, you know, safe words and, and what you're comfortable with. And is there anything that you're, you know, absolutely a no go. And I said, well, you know, I'm open to experiencing anything. If I don't like it, once I've experienced it, then I'll say so, but I'm pretty open to anything. And, um, he was pretty much the same. So we just had like a short conversation in the car to make sure that there was nothing that was like a no go zone and, um, kind of reiterated that if something wasn't right, then we'd stop it. Okay. And so like when you're there, you're walking around, you're like needles. No, thank you. Like, do you say that out loud or do you like, you do check yeah. in with each other? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he was the same. I think he, he was very nervous as well. Cause I think that was his first party. And yeah, yeah so we were both like, Oop, no, no vacuum machine for us. No needle play for us. None of that. Nope. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Okay. So page. I do want to back up to your earlier experiences, whatever feels relevant. Do you want to, yeah. is there anything you want to share about your virginity loss? Um, <laughs> it was quite terrible. Uh, (laughs) it was um on do you know those like rock piers they put like on a beach they you know make a a artificial jetty out of a bunch of rocks you can kind of walk out to the end my boyfriend at the time lived near one of those so and his parents were at home so we couldn't do it there so yeah we'd have to go out onto these rock walls and we'd always play around in there like you could climb down inside some of the rock areas and one night just for some reason decided that was the night and he was sitting down and I sat like on top of him with my legs around him, but my knees were on the rock, you know, they got all grazed and bruised and it really hurt. Obviously it was my first time. And then I'll never forget. It had just started to feel good. And then he moved positions and it really hurt again. And I was like, no, fuck. (laughs) So it was just a very for like, it was just a, opposite of special experience got it got it <laughs> yeah and did you guys keep doing it or was it sort of one of those early experiences where you're like oh I don't know no we did do we stayed we were together for a few months and okay. had sex quite a few times and okay. it did it never really felt great <laughs> great for me it never really got to the point where I was feeling pleasure and I kind of had just accepted like oh I guess sex mustn't just just mustn't be good for me and I mm-hmm. remember my sister being like just you wait just wait. Okay. Just keep going. Like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> is she an older sister? Yeah. yeah. How much like older 10, is she? Oh, okay. uh, actually, maybe even like 12. Yeah, 12 years. Okay. Yeah, actually, there's some other experiences that I remember, like before, well before I lost my virginity, like even, you know, in the years, uh, maybe like seven and 12, there's some interesting stories that I think you'll like. <laughs> um, I was probably around... And I had this young girl friend and um, I would always go to her house and we started, I don't know how the topic was brought up, but we started watching porn together in her little back room on like her parents' computer uh-huh. and just like having those sorts of discussions and like, oh my God, looking at boobs on Google. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and then she had this cubby house and we used to like take turns going behind the wall and like coming out and like taking our pants down and like just showing each other our bodies and then that evolved to some like dry humping and it was still like as I said nine years old we had no idea what we were doing but we're like this kind of feels good so just like on top of each other just like (laughs) sliding Uh (laughs) and then uh, we would be in the bath together and she'd pretend to um to drown so I'd have to give her mouth to mouth Uh so she would yep 
Uh-huh. So that was like, these were the like experiences that were positive and like led me into positive, playful, you know, just curiosity. Yeah. So I think that actually might be where it all sort of began. Um, and then it, like years later, it was when I discovered the armchair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the armchair. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> And when did you choose to give your first blowjob? Mm, good, well put. Um, I would have been probably 12. It was, it was in my first year of high school and I had a boyfriend and it was, again, not a positive experience. He kind of basically just shoved my head there. He oh. just shoved my head down and told me to just, just suck it. And it was just not a good experience. And any, all the experiences I had with that guy were, were not, not positive at all. And there wasn't really consent he didn't really ask if I if I wanted to do it it's kind of just telling me to do things and at that point my self-confidence wasn't high enough to be able to say no or to feel like I could or to feel like I you know had the right to to say no I don't want to do that so um yeah and then after that was the the boyfriend that I lost my virginity to and that became a bit more positive because I wanted to give him pleasure I, I don't think it was coming from the right place because I still, I wasn't receiving any pleasure myself, but it became a bit more positive at that point. Isn't it baffling how we just get the idea? I mean, I had the same idea of like, oh, it's okay if I don't. Mm. Like, I mean, for the first, um, like for the first four years that I was having sex, I didn't orgasm once. It, It never happened. And occasionally, you know, I would orgasm if, if we did foreplay. Yeah. But I just had it accepted. I'm like, okay, I just mustn't be able to orgasm during sex. That's what I thought. I was like, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm just not one of those girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not one of the lucky ones. Oh, poor me. Oops. And I, I had a friend that would be like, oh yeah, you know, I I have multiple orgasms. Yeah. Like we have sex. I just keep coming, and I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how did this shift? Oh wait. Also, have you gone down on a lady-bodied person? Yes. Oh, gosh. There's, oops. There's so much that I. <laughs> yeah. So before I actually lost my virginity, I had a friend, uh, a girlfriend, stay over, and just one night, I have no idea how it started or how the topic started, but basically, I ended up between her legs, and she ended up between mine at one point, and we both orgasmed, and that was the first time someone else had ever made me orgasm. It was with with a girl. Wow. And we never really spoken about it spoke about it again she wanted to kind of pretend it didn't happen but it was this really beautiful you know pleasurable experience so it, it's very interesting because I have a, like a mix of really positive pleasurable experiences and quite negative experiences yeah. growing up so it's I mean at least there's a balance <laughs> yeah when did your ideas or understandings around your own sexuality start to develop like when did you start choosing the label bisexual or how did that evolve for you? I honestly think I started realizing that I was into into women because of Tumblr when I was like when I first started high school and Tumblr porn was still a thing. I ended up, you know, watching porn or stumbling upon like sex gifts or whatever and uh, realizing that I was into women. And then this experience happened with my friend and I was like, oh, I must be must be bisexual. (laughs) 
Um, so I kind of just stuck with that label because I could see that I was attracted to women. I liked the thought of having sex with women. I liked watching porn with women in it yeah. just as much as men. So, okay. yeah, so that would probably would have been, yeah, around 12, 13. And have you dated any women yet? Sort of. I had a very interesting experience with a, a girl in high school that I got really close to and really probably we were dating, but I just didn't even realize it. Like we were making plans together. We were writing poems about each other, sleeping next to each other, cuddling, spending all of our time with each other, yeah. eventually had sex with each other. <laughs> and I still just didn't click. And then when I kind of broke her heart in her words, I was like, oh shit. Oh, we were actually like, <laughs> so Yes and no. Okay. So we did have, I did have a very close relationship with a girl, but I didn't kind of um, see it for what it was at the time. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Can you share with us how your mind and or heart was contextualizing it if it wasn't as a relationship? Because I can actually relate really strongly to it, but I'm curious mm. what your experience was. Yeah, I'm, I don't know how I didn't see it, but what it was at the time, I guess I just saw it was this girl that I had strong feelings about or that I was just like, yeah, she's just a really good friend. Because I think I'd got it in my head that I was like the only bisexual person I knew oh. and like I, I would always like shy away from touching my girlfriends or like making any I wouldn't want them to think that I was making a move on them so I would always try and separate that um, oh my god you're I just realized I used to be so touchy-feely with all of my girlfriends and then when yeah. I realized I like women I basically stopped touching them I like trying yeah. to not touch people because I'm so yeah. Oh, wow. You just helped me have an yeah. epiphany. Okay. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've been having to like retrain myself to be okay with touching people because, I, you know, not everything's sexual. I can like yeah. hug my friends like I am yeah, learning to be okay with that again. But yeah, I think I just was like, yeah, we're just really good friends and we just happened to have sex with each other and it was really beautiful and mm. writing poetry and it's just this nice experience. 
And I remember there was, after we did start to have sex, I said, thank, like, thank you for that experience. That was really beautiful. But she heard it as like, thanks. Like, thanks for that. Like, thanks for, thanks for, you know, getting me off. And so it was just like that miss, miscommunication where I was like, this is a beautiful experience. I'm not labeling it anything. It was just, I was enjoying it. Whereas she was wanting to, you know, have that label, have that deeper meaning. So, yeah. When did your feelings around blowjobs start to shift? Hmm. I think probably there was a relationship towards the end of school where he was a complete virgin. He'd never done anything. And I was the one with more experience. So I kind of was able to guide him into that. Like I was a year older than him and I felt like a bit more of the leader. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was able to control things a bit more because he didn't really know what to do. He didn't know what was, you know, I had to like put his hand on my boob at one point. I'm like, it's okay. Just, you can touch. <laughs> um, and things just led on. And I think I really enjoyed that because I was able to give him pleasure that he hadn't experienced before. And I could see that he loved it. And I was mm. like, Oh, that's, it's really nice to to give that pleasure. And it helps that he was excited to, give me pleasure as well Um, so I think that kind of shifted it because before it was more of a transactional thing or not even a transactional thing because I wasn't getting anything from it it was more just like I was giving a service and like now then with that relationship it became transactional I could see I enjoyed giving pleasure and receiving pleasure Mm -hmm. so that's probably when it shifted and can you share a little bit more about the receiving pleasure journey like if you have specifics about I don't know, your just mental and emotional experience or what it's like for you now? Mm. Um, I think for a, a while it was difficult for me to receive pleasure, like I, partly because I didn't know how to ask or what to ask for. Yeah. I just kind of accepted whatever whatever they were doing. I just like, well, at least they're touching me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still feel that way sometimes. I'm like, just more touching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'd be thinking in my head, like, oh, if only he just moved a bit to the left. Yeah. But I wouldn't say anything. But Can I'd you be say thinking, that now? Just, can you do it now? Because yes. sometimes I can't. Yes. Sometimes I still, I'm not going to say fail. Sometimes I still don't meet my own <laughs> desires to be able to communicate that. Yeah. So what? I have those moments. Yeah. But now with my partner, I just kind of move his head. <laughs> it's like, just sit there. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> or I'll, I'll say, like, you know, he'll, um, there's been a couple of times where he'll go to use two fingers inside me, but I really only feel like one. So I'm like, oh, just, I just feel like one tonight. Or like, he'll be going down on me and he'll go to use his hands as well. I'm like, oh, I just feel like your tongue tonight. So like, I, I'm way more vocal okay. than I've ever been. Yeah. So you just say it just like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I need to practice my friendliness in bed. I don't know. Okay. What's your favorite way to receive pleasure right now? I'm really, I probably, I mean, right now it's the actual sex. It's, Mm. you know, um, there are moments where like, I really, really love the feeling of him going down on me and that the the tongue and mouth action, but the actual sex, just that really deep connection and that, yeah, that's like my favorite thing at the moment. (laughs) Okay. Do you have a favorite position of the moment? I love, uh, well, like 
missionary, but I always put a pillow under my butt and that's just like the perfect angle. Either that or doggy. I feel a lot of pleasure in, um, in doggy style. That's yeah. Kind of my favorites. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about your submissive self and what you're discovering mm-hmm. about her? Cause it sounds like she, and, and also your uh, little, maybe, I don't know if it's a correct to say exhibitionist self, but like the, the naughty mm-hmm. streak, your naughty streak. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, there are definitely times when it feels good to take control, but I think I always like to turn back to submissive in the end. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it feels a bit tiring for me to be dominant for like a whole, you know, sex session, yeah. but I like having moments of it because predominantly I feel a lot more comfortable and at ease and relaxed if I'm just able to let it all go. Cause mm-hmm. I think I try and control a lot of areas of my life. And although that's something I'm working on, it feels good to release all control in bed. Yeah. And yeah, I like, cause you know, there's been a few times where my partner is, he's just like, okay, close your eyes. And he puts a, he, the other night he, we were doing a bit of spontaneous role play. Um, it just kind of happened where uh, we pretended we, we had, we just joked that we had never met before. And we were just meeting for the first time. We were just lying in bed and it just evolved into this thing where he suddenly had like a nickname and we were pretending we hadn't met each other and that um, he was seducing me and getting me back to his place. Uh-huh. And then, and then he like told me to close my eyes and he, this was a complete surprise. He brought out a blindfold, put it on and started tying my hands up to the, to the bed and then just turned into this like intensely pleasurable, like surprising experience. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Oh my gosh. Um, it just <laughs> happened? Yeah. It just, it just flowed. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> do you guys um, talk about when you're going to fuck? Or do you, does it just like, do you feel into it? It just happens. Okay. Um, there are times like if we've been apart because we don't live together, you know, we'll be texting and we'll be like really horny so that we know, we know that the next time we meet, it's going to happen. Yeah. But in the moment we never say, okay, like now let's fuck. <laughs> it's just like one of us makes a decision. Well, realistically, it's often him. He often makes the first move and I have agreed with him that I want to be more, um, take a little bit more initiative and, and start mm-hmm. things a bit more. Cause I understand that it would feel a bit one-sided if you're always the one initiating things. Okay. Because this is the second time you've come up. I can't help myself. Are you familiar with Emily Nagoski's book, come as you are? No. Okay. So she has this, it's a great book that I recommend to everyone. It's specifically geared toward women and people who fuck women. But I actually think that the models they have for understanding your own sexuality, uh, like she has this great metaphor that it's our sexuality is a garden and we can plant things, but also sometimes other people throw trash in it. And so we can do our best, you know, so that's her like sex metaphor. But she also has this um, dual arousal model. And the idea basically is that we all have turn ons and turn offs. So it's our sexual accelerators and our sexual breaks. And basically the whole point is some people, everyone has different combinations and they're activated by different things. Some people have what's called responsive desire and they are not initiators and they need to feel initiated. So I'm just throwing out that like all things are possible as long as we like understand the workings and maybe you should read that book. (laughs) It's my pitch. Yeah, it does sound interesting because I have questioned that a bit because a lot of the time if he initiates it, and there are times where I initiate that where I'm like, I really don't feel like it. Yeah. But if I 
either if I continue, I suddenly do feel like it. Yeah. Like if I just let it happen or the very rare occasion that I'm really like, look, I'm really not. Yeah. Really not in the mood. But him initiating it is often what helps me yeah. feel that arousal. Whereas if I, I have to be really turned on to just be like, to, to begin yeah. something, to, to be in something. the ovulation time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it does. Yeah, it is a real challenge for me to to start things because that arousal, yeah. it just isn't there unless something sparks it. I just offer that simply because I'm a mm-hmm. person who often walks around feeling like I'm wrong or bad if I'm not a certain way. And, and I'm mm-hmm. understanding more and more that we're all just different. We were talking still about your submissive self and is there anything else to say about about submissiveness or just what you're discovering or what you'd like to explore or your, I guess it's not correct yeah. to say submissive, maybe switchiness. Yeah. Well, something that entered my head before was that a part of it, I love being surprised, whether that's, you know, suddenly being kissed or like grabbed or, mm. you know, a random, like a random photo being sent to me or just like some, you know, something I'm not expecting. Yeah. That is like, my ultimate turn on if I'm suddenly surprised with something sexy yeah. I'm just immediately like oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so a part of that is the the lack of control it's you know something coming out of the blue something being unexpected you know and you know in a sense being submissive um in the sense that I I don't have control over what's happening I'm just suddenly being surprised by this sexy thing which ties into the you know public exhibitionist sort of Mm. thing and I've said to my partner that I would love because we've been sharing a bit more about what we want and and what makes us feel good and you know communicating even more with that so I've said I would love it if you know we're in public and you suddenly just grab my ass or you whisper something in my ear or you know we can't act on it right then and there but that's partly why is so attractive, you know, yeah. it's like, oh my God, we, you know, I want to have sex right here and right now, but we can't. So we're just going to have to do these sneaky things. And we wanting to go to like a restaurant and get one of the remote controlled vibrators and like do that kind of thing oh in the God. restaurant. Like we want to just do all the naughty things yes. where it just feels yes. exciting and fresh and yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Have you ever gotten a surprise that was not a good surprise? Or are there any where the, it would actually be like, ah, red, no, bad, back up? Or do you, does your partner just know you well enough? Like, how do you navigate that? Um, if, we were in a, if we were in a location that really wasn't, like if I was at my workplace, which I don't know why we would be, but if right. we were somewhere where I want to, you know, in my, oh, I was going to say in my, my dad's house or something but even that might be a bit exciting <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love watching across your face <laughs> like I don't I don't think I don't know I can't really identify in my head any places that would be like outright no's and I don't mm-hmm. think I would know until it happened Got like it. there might be just I might be already in a really shit mood yeah maybe if yeah. I was just really not there emotionally maybe that would be like uh yeah no nah, yeah right I now. mean I just <laughs> I just ask because I'm the type of person that in order to enjoy a surprise I have to have blocked time off for something so like okay. if I am like you know, if I think I'm going to spend tomorrow editing this podcast episode and mm-hmm. then somebody shows up at 9 a.m. at my door with a surprise mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, 
ah, I can't do my yeah. life now. And I freak out. And then they're like, why don't you love me? I'm surprising <laughs> you. And I'm like, because this isn't a good one for me. So I always, I'm so, I, I wish I were a person that enjoyed more surprises. I guess I'm learning that I'm not as go with the yeah. flow as I wish I were. Yeah, I mean, in that, that sense, I do think there are, if I think about it a bit more, I am a little bit like that in that if I'm already with him, I know that there's a chance something like that will happen. Yes. Whereas if yes. I was just home alone in that space and someone showed up or he just suddenly yeah. appeared, maybe I'd be like, oh, I was just kind of getting ready just for, you know, not home alone or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah I think it, it depends. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think my best friends know that a surprise party for me would not be <laughs> I mean, like, there would just take a lot of work to set it up. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would love to hear some of the things that you want to explore or that you have explored that you want more of or that you've loved. Just, I just want to hear about, like, mm, sexy yums for you. Mm. Definitely what I was saying with, like, some naughty play in a restaurant or something, you know, somewhere some under the table stuff <laughs> or um we were talking about like in the back of a, a cinema um just a little bit more play yeah. and, and I I love I love 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 teasing and sometimes the the build-up to the to the act is as pleasurable or if not like more pleasurable sometimes than the actual act like yeah. that suspension that build-up that anticipation that naughtiness is like a drug for me sometimes. I'm just like, oh, I, I love it. Whereas sometimes you have all this build up and anticipation and um, it gets to the actual act. And you're like, oh. yeah. Although with my partner now, all of it is amazing. Like I just think that connection is so deep. It's all just exciting and I'm really good. good. That's amazing. <laughs> but I do just want to, yeah. <laughs> but I do definitely want to experience more of that teasing, that play, that just exploring each other and having fun. Mm -hmm. I really love, love that. And definitely experimenting even more with, you know, a bit of bondage, just pushing each other's boundaries a bit. Because I think although we are, we experiment, I think I'm usually the subject of the experimentation. And mm -hmm. I would like us, you know, maybe, I know he's going to be listening to this, <laughs> but if he was open to the experimentation yeah. side as well, because I know, yeah, like maybe... Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I know an experiment I bet he would like that I did with... Mm -hmm. Now, you already know him pretty well, but I still think this is fun even if you already know someone. Maybe even fun if you... Maybe especially because with the fun of the guys that I slept with back in May, I was like, can I just play with your penis for a while? And he was like, mm -hmm. sure. We were like watching TV. And so I just tried so many different sensations, but I would check in with him about each one. And then I would like kind of brainstorm with him to see if there were any. Anyway, I'm just saying that could be like a fun gateway suggestion, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Fleur. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. 
Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. You mentioned that you and your partner are talking about sex more. How and like what inspired it or like how how is it for you? Because I've always really struggled with that communication with partners. Mm. Funnily enough, it kind of flowed right from the beginning. Like, well, mm. I think one of the first nights I stayed at his house, we got onto the topic of sex and we were talking about um, how and when we lost our virginities. I think I was kind of prompting and just asking certain questions like, uh, what was your best sexual experience or what was your worst sexual experience? And we were just talking, we talked for hours that night mm. and it's always just kind of flowed pretty easily. It'll just kind of naturally come up in conversation or one of us will have a question and um, we'll just kind of, yeah, talk about it. And um, either over the, like either texting or, or in person, we'll just kind of explore those things with each other. It's just always flowed quite easily with us. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been to any more sex parties? Not yet. No. Not yet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would like like a a toned down version of that that uh -huh. would less focus on the crazy, crazy craziness. Mm. Like I'm more about yeah, like the, the, the cages and the whipping and the blood and the, the needles. That's not that. Okay, but have you been inside a cage? Because they're really nice. I haven't. Okay. I haven't. <laughs> I'm just saying, try it before you, before you uh, say that. They're, yeah. I didn't they're, think I would like, like a cage as much as I did. <laughs> yeah. From an outside view, there are definitely things that I'm just, they just don't really mm -hmm. excite me. But there are, I love the, I loved being watched. It was really fascinating to have to be in a vulnerable position and just have people standing there, like sipping their drinks, yeah. just watching me. I really loved that. Did you like um, see it or was it just knowing it was happening? Like, did you make eye contact with any watchers? A bit of both. I kind of looked around the room a bit, but then I would just close my eyes and yeah. know that they were watching me and that felt really cool. Side note, I also actually, it wasn't a sex party, but I went to a, what do you even call them? It was like a... Basically, they have a whole bunch of bedrooms and oh. you can just be having sex in the room. You can leave the door open. People can just wander past. It's like an There's establishment? A like a sex like yeah. a club? Yeah. Like a yeah. Yeah. Like a swingers bar, almost swingers club, sort of. I went there with my ex-boyfriend and they had like a bondage room where and then like a viewing hole. So you could like people could watch you. There was a dark room that was just one big mattress. So you could go in and just find people by touch wow. <laughs> and then um, all the bedrooms had different themes so you could just go in there and have sex and we we actually had sex on the same bed as another couple at the same time whoa so we didn't do anything with them but we were 
yeah, sharing the same bed. And there were some people at the door just kind of watching us. And I was really enjoying that, but everyone else got a bit uncomfortable. So oh. they closed the door and I'm like, damn. Oh, <laughs> okay. So there definitely but, is an exhibitionist street yeah, there. Yeah. So I guess I like that. I like both the, the times where I'm like, oh, someone might catch us, but I'm glad that they won't. Yeah. Where it's just like that feeling or I've consented to people watching me and I enjoy that because it's like a, an open, trusting, safe space where we all know why we're, why we're there. Yeah. I know that they're okay with that. I know I'm okay with that. That's fun. Or somewhere in public where, you know, it's just not naughty and exciting. But I would hate it if I was in public doing something and I did actually get caught. I would yeah. be mortified. <laughs> totally. Oh, my God. Same. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. In those situations, are there like condoms everywhere or what are those health and safety conversations like? Yeah, What's your um, experience with health and safety conversations? I didn't ask it yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, in those two establishments, there were like bowls and like tables everywhere with with lube, with condoms, okay. with towels. Everything was provided. It was quite quite safe, quite sanitary. And I think they would up, like they would go around and see if any rooms had been used and then they would clean, like take all the sheets off and and clean it. And um, uh, the second establishment, I think a little bit like that, but it was a little bit more just like a party. I think there were a few bowls of condoms here and there, but it seemed a little bit less, less of a priority. But I think there wasn't that much sex going on there. It was more just like everyone was just around experimenting. But as for myself, it's actually like safety and being being safe in that way has been a bit of a problem for me with the, you know, saying, speaking up because there have been times where a guy will just begin and I'm just like, he's already inside me and I'm like, fuck, well, he's already there now. So I just won't say anything. And, you know, there was a time I actually fell soap. I was, was my first ever Tinder experience and the guy assumed I was on birth control. We we're about to start and he asked me, like he did ask me and I, I was like, no, I'm not on birth control. And he's like, well, I, and I'm like, do you have condoms? And I was like, yes, but it's too late now. I don't know what he meant. What? Yeah, <laughs> what? Just like, no, we can't like, I, I can't put one on now. Like I'll like lose my erection or something. I don't know. So he just continued. That makes and no I, sense. I know. So I actually ended up, I didn't know it, but I actually ended up falling pregnant (gasps) that night. And the next, I, so this was in my phase where I was dating or like sleeping with different people. The next time I used protection, but I think something happened where the condom broke, but I was like, I better use a plan B or like the emergency pill. And that actually triggered a, um, a miscarriage. So it was like a, fuck, I need to, I need to take control of this situation. So I ended up getting a copper IUD because I was like, I can't leave my, you know, I can't, I can't have that happen again. But the IUD ended up giving me really, really severe cramps and it just, it was horrible. So I had it for maybe nine months and I had to get it taken out. But yeah, so my experience with safety has been a bit That's a lot. How old were you when all of that happened? I was only last year, so I was 21. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you feel resilient? Like, that's a lot of stuff. Um, <clears throat> yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I'm 
quite proud to say that I do feel like a very strong person and I've come at the other side of a lot of a lot of shit like I've had yeah quite a lot of negative experiences that we like we haven't even gotten into like I I've had a lot of negative experiences not just in my childhood but you know all throughout teenagehood and all these things and I still feel like I'm I have a positive sex life and I am happy as a person so I am proud of who I am now. yeah wow oh Mm. my god so with your current partner, I'm assuming that you've found some equilibrium or have established, like, it, it sounds like you have a lot of trust between the two of you. Oh, Is yeah. That- um, very trusting. And so I had the IUD removed, at, you know, when we first started dating. And I told him that. And he's like, okay, so I'm like, we'll just have to be a bit more careful. And then I started using the temperature method. Okay. So I, um, I'm using... um. Oh, it's called the NC Natural, natural Cycles cycle. Method. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's working really, really well for us. We've had no scares. We have, you know, where um, he has no problem with using condoms on the on the red days and yeah. on the green days. We're, we're still careful, but we, you know, it's it's a really trusting situation. I feel way more in tune with my body. And, yeah, it feels really good now. Can you say a little bit about how you sort of, well, I don't know what the right way to language this is. Did you learn to trust? Did you, like, what, can you speak a little bit about your relationship with creating trust with a new person or how you kind of navigate that? Yeah, I think it's been a trial and error. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I had so little trust in those first, the first relationships or the first interactions in my life where trust wasn't formed, yeah. consent wasn't asked for. It just wasn't a factor. So, I mean, I formed my own, how do I say this? I established trust within myself and I, I gained, I slowly gained the confidence within myself to to be able to make decisions for myself and, and to stand up for myself. So it was more of like a internal thing. And then as I started to have more positive interactions with people, I was able to build that trust with them as well. So probably my first really strong connection that made me realize, okay, all guys aren't bad (laughs) and there are people who are really loving out there is my first ever Tinder experience Mm. was with uh, a guy who was a bit older than me and he, you know, made me breakfast. He made me feel really at home and comfortable I was having a bit of stomach issues that day. And he's like, oh, just go to the bathroom, take as long as you need. And mm. I've never had anyone say anything like that. And yeah. he was just really loving. And I was like, oh, okay, I can I can have that sort of connection with someone. There are people who I can trust who do want the best for me. And that kind of opened up my world to that. And, I mean, ironically enough, I did have a two-and-a-half-year relationship after that that wasn't so wasn't so positive. It was in many ways, wasn't in others, but basically long story short, it's been a really long process. Mm. And now finally, after being, you know, quite a lot of people sort of over the years, I've gotten to the point where I can build and, you know, have that solid trust. Mm. What are your sexual hopes for yourself for the future? Mm. To, to open and, deepen my my sexual self even even more like to be 
you know, on the shame meter to be as like a zero or a mm-hmm. one, just mm-hmm. to to not feel any shame. I think it's fine to feel that something should be private because something shouldn't be private. Yes, but to not feel shamed for uh, ashamed of um, if I do want to share or if you know I don't want to feel ashamed for being a sexual person for um, for wanting sex yeah. for wanting to say or needing to say what I do and don't want. Um, I just want all of that shame to go away. I don't think shame is helpful. And just to keep experimenting, to push, push the boundaries a bit more and see, you know, what, what do I enjoy? What do I not enjoy? Do I want to try a little bit more? I I really am fascinated by just, just different experiences, like, like pain. I want to, you know, to a certain extent, I want to like experiment with all this, these sensations in my body like it's similar to pleasure in the sense that it's very intense and very visceral so I want to play with that and um recently I've been playing a lot more with edging and kind Mm. of holding myself back and that's been amazing so So yeah yeah just oh it's amazing (laughs) here's a question for you uh that I want to ask all people who have submissive tendencies or just like Mm. sensation play do you enjoy eating very spicy food Oh, I wish I could. <laughs> so I realize I experience it as like trying to use my submissive mind powers because it's such mm. an overwhelming sensation. I just had this realization sometime in the okay. last year or two. And so yeah. now I'm just curious. I want to do a study. I want to be able to enjoy spicy food, but I have a very weak tongue. So mm-hmm. I'm like the, the smallest amount of spice can make me sweat and my yeah my tongue just hurts and it's like overwhelming do you think that experience would change if someone was like don't drink a yogurt or a milk or whatever don't put out the fire like do it you know like like treating it like a safe word Mm -hmm. I just am so curious about Mm -hmm. things like that um which maybe belongs not on a sex podcast because (laughs) you don't want to eat spicy food and go down on someone (laughs) (laughs) true I mean like not on a lady body person penises are probably fine yeah Um, Wait, I want to ask you more about exploration now that we've brought it up, because I realized I didn't ask you about butt stuff or group sex. Yes. So um, I've had a bit of experience with butt stuff. It's not something I'm, I definitely haven't reached a point where I'm like completely comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. The most I enjoy it is when there's just like light pressure or like teasing around the area. But I have experienced when you know, something is fully inside and it just feels weird. And I'm sure if I did it more, it would become, I would become more accustomed to it, but I'm just like, it just feels like I'm pooping. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. <laughs> and it's just, there is an element of, ple- of pleasure. And I definitely orgasm pretty hard when I've had like something in my butt yeah. and something in my vagina cool. and touching my plate. Like it's, it is intense, Yeah, but I enjoy doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. When someone else is doing something, it's just, I don't feel as comfortable. Yeah. Um, and with my partner now, he doesn't seem too interested in butt stuff himself. So he hasn't really asked or yeah. initiated that. And I haven't really minded. Like, it's just not something that's. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do butt stuff unless I'm with someone who's like really into butt stuff. It's kind of where mm. I'm landing yeah. right now. Cause like I, sure. I was seeing a partner for a little while who was like, Oh yeah, I want to try butt stuff. Like show me. And I was sort of like, 
I I don't want to be the person you learn you hate butt stuff with. Mm-hmm. Like I just mm-hmm. don't like yeah. I don't because he wasn't we didn't have a trusting enough relationship for me to yeah. like want to take that risk, I guess. I was just sort of like yeah, mm. there's, there's something about it that is very vulnerable, yeah. even more so than than regular sex for me. Like it it's it feels like a very vulnerable position to be put in and it feels like a very vulnerable spot. Like I agree. Yeah. I I do need to have pretty solid level of trust to be able to explore that yeah what about group sex Mm. I sadly haven't experienced it yet but I would love to yeah it's something I've definitely definitely thought about um tell us the realm of fantasy like what would be the most delicious version (laughs) that you could imagine or just whatever flows through your thoughts Mm. well I think so me and my partner have talked about you know, potential threesome with another a woman, which I would really, really enjoy. I kind of, I don't know how he feels about it, but I, I know that I kind of am turned on by the idea of seeing my partner with someone else mm. in that specific moment, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 like yeah. where I, I am present, obviously. With boundaries, with rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not as a, that's a bad surprise. That would be a bad surprise. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really love the idea of like, having sex with him while I'm eating out another girl or Mm, vice versa like that or you know me watching him have sex with her while she's eating me out that would be amazing to see but I have definitely also had fantasies about having two guys and just you know being um the subject of two men's interests I think that would be amazing yeah (laughs) love oh I love that yeah. I have always wanted to know what it's like to have sex with a girl with a strap on. I just, I want to know what it's like to fuck someone and not in the sense of like riding them, but like actually fuck them. Like, yeah. I've so you would be the really, wearer? Do you want to do both yeah. directions? Okay. But, okay. Got it. Yeah. I, I'm less fussed by being fucked by it, but I yeah. would love to fuck someone else. Like I think what kind like, would you want? Do you know? Like what kind of like would you pick a leather know, one? Would you pick a mm-hmm. straps one? Would you pick the kind that goes just like inside you? Yeah. Cause I've seen there's ones where like it pleasures you at the same time. I would that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't even know what different kinds there are, but probably like a like a leather strap. Yeah. With a buckle. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> nice yeah are there other stories or fantasies that need to be shared about your sex life or any thoughts on sex in general Mm. um something I was just thinking about for some reason ever since I discovered porn a massive like um I guess kink or kink or or just a a thing that really turns me on is girls squirting Mm. like just Oh my gosh! Can <laughs> you squirt anytime? I, um, almost. I feel okay. like I, I'm very close. Like I, yeah. I can get very, very wet and very, very creamy, uh-huh. and almost. Uh-huh. But I, I think I have the potential to. Oh yeah. That. Okay. Okay. Good squirt explorations <laughs> yeah. in store. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's always been a major, major turn on for me. Like if I ever watch porn, pretty much I'll be, I'll be watching squirting. So that's like a, mm. a massive me can you pinpoint Um, the turn on like is it like watching it come out is it knowing that it's happening is it like the amount of squirt or is it just like the whole thing it's like it's just witnessing like pure pleasure it's like that's like physical evidence of like 
ah, I'm feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's, uh, I guess I have a similar thing with guys coming. Yeah, like it's yeah. a evidence of pleasure. And I just love seeing other people experience pleasure. Like I'm really mm. turned on by making someone feel pleasure or watching someone pleasure themselves. Like if a guy is in front of me touching himself, I'm, I just melt. Like I love just seeing people pleasure themselves, being pleasured and squirting is just like a, yeah, physical evidence of that pleasure. So I think it just excites me and it's just like literally explosive. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask you, so I like, um, I have like a handful of times in my life where I've been so turned on that I'm literally dizzy. Uh-huh. Like I'm, if someone doesn't hold me up, I'll fall down. Like I'm just like, there was one time that <laughs> probably in the realm of things that I shouldn't have been doing a guy with a girlfriend who I was very attracted to pursued me at like a, an, an event mm-hmm. and we ended up making out and you know rubbing up against each other and just knowing that it was, forbidden and that I shouldn't have been doing it and that we're in sort of public place I was like (laughs) literally gonna fall down like um, my eyes must have been spinning in my head I was so dizzy Uh, I actually ended up having sex with that guy on the top of a a roof of a bank so (laughs) that same night or another time no another time we like kept texting and we met up and had sex on the roof so (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wait, and, how did you get up there? Was it as a nighttime? Like a ladder. No, during the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just like climbed up this ladder and stairs and like climbed over the rail and were able to just walk over and go to this little area. And Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, it kind of sucked, but the thrill of it <laughs> was good. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Oh. Yeah. Did you fall over dizziness wise? Like, like, were you that level of, because like I get dizzy from orgasms, but not from just like, like I won't get fall over dizzy anymore because I can pay attention Mm. to breathing better. But like, that sounds like a powerful experience. Yeah. Yeah. That time I was nearly falling over. I think like the breathing, I think breathing so much and just like pretty much hyperventilating. (laughs) And then other times since then, there was a time last year where I met this guy and it was just like a really, really strong connection. And we were together the entire day, but we were all all in public. So we were making out and just things were getting heated, but it wasn't able to go anywhere yet. So it was just an entire, maybe half a day of like really intense attraction. Yeah. So by the end of that day, I was, yeah pretty much dizzy again just and the moment we got back to my house it was just like a oh fuck <laughs> just exploding into it so yeah there's been a few times where yeah Amazing. pretty much dizzy <laughs> I think that's also such a perfect example of like why a good date is actually just such a turn-on because it's the yeah. extended anticipation and so like if you actually do on top of that enjoy each other's company and it's not just like the perfunctory boxes being checked before exactly. you like do the expectation fuck. Like it's so much, yeah. It for me, it just takes it to next level play. Definitely. <sighs> what yeah. else? So I've written down, I love um, a big turn on this like accents and other languages. And my partner is actually Colombian and mm. speaks Spanish. And oh my gosh. we've been, I've been learning Spanish as well. So like during sex, he'll sometimes talk to me in Spanish, like tell me how much he wants to fuck me in Spanish. Like, and it's just, oh, <laughs> 
Oh. It just melts me. And then especially being able to understand him, it's like a turn on just like, ah, oh my God, I, I know what you just said and I can reply in Spanish. And <laughs> it just like intensifies the moment. And yeah, that really, really, really turns me on. Oh my God. That <laughs> is amazing. Also, you're making me miss a Colombian lover I had. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're a special kind of lover. <laughs> so special. Oh, that's amazing. What would you say is your favorite thing about your sexual self? A mix between my passion for making someone pleasurable, feel pleasure. Like I, I mean, I get wet and turned on just from giving a blowjob. Like I love it. I love giving pleasure. And sometimes that's how I get myself in the mood. Like if he initiates something, but I'm not really feeling it yet. I will then go down on him and that will help me like spark that and get into the, into the mood and it'll help me, you know, feel more excited about it. So I really, really love giving pleasure and I love that. I love that. (laughs) And then also just, I love, I love how much I love experimenting and that I, I really am open to anything. And if I don't like it, I'll say so, but I'm never like a hard no on anything if I hadn't experienced it yet. Mm. So, Yeah. Cool. I have I did have written down and I think it's kind of important because yeah. I've had a lot of experiences where I've cried during sex like all of a lot mm-hmm. so it, it initially started with my relationship that went for two and a half years where I just suddenly started crying and I it had never happened actually it had happened on my own sometimes I cry when I masturbate like it's just such a big emotional release that I'll just end up either sobbing or like I'll have just tears running down my face. And then it started happening with partners or with that partner. And um, he kind of just accepted it. He just like, after he, you know, got through the like, uh, are you okay? Like, did I make you cry? And me being like, no, no, I'm just <laughs> releasing emotion. It just became normal. Did and you then... say that? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's great. How did, then yeah. he was okay with it because I, yeah. Okay. Okay surprisingly you know he kind of lacked emotional maturity in many areas but within that with though with sex um because he knew that I had experienced sexual abuse so he was very much aware of that he was very much sensitive about that so yeah he was very accepting of that and didn't you know make me feel judged for that at all and then it hadn't happened for quite a while until a couple of weeks ago with my current partner and uh we were in doggy style and we finished and I just noticed some emotions coming up yeah. and I was like oh, what is this like I was just feeling into it and I'm like and then I started like flashing back to a time when I was with a guy and we had been friends with, ben- friends with benefits and we had pretty good sex there was never really any problems oh, I need to get to my breath mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then that night he just decided that he wanted to do butt stuff, mm. but I really wasn't into that idea. And he kind of just started forcing it. And he's like, no, we're doing this tonight. Oh my God. And he was a bit, we were both a little bit drunk and he was just kind of forcing it. And, um, uh, he was gripping onto my shoulders and just wanting to make it happen. And I think I said no enough that he did end up stopping but the next morning I had like bruises on my shoulders cause he gripped me so hard. Oh. And, Although he ended up apologizing, although it wasn't 
you know, he, although he didn't go through with it completely and it wasn't like a bad experience did obviously, you know, affect me in some way. So that night when we were in doggy and those memories started flashing up, I was like, Oh, okay. That's that hasn't been dealt with yet. Like I still got some pain there and the emotions just kept coming up and up and I was trying to shut them down because we hadn't, me and my partner hadn't been that open yet emotionally, but I just couldn't hold it back anymore. And he asked me what was wrong and I just burst into tears and he just hugged me Mm. and he just like really gave that space for me and just held me and held me and held me until I let it out. And I felt like I was ready to stop crying and talk. And I, that was when I told him that I had been abused as a child. And I told him about that experience that had come up for me. And I just kind of let it all out. And he just gave space for me to share wow. it all. And really, really like that meant a lot because he wasn't, he didn't try and control the situation. He didn't try and make it about him. He yeah. just could see that I was hurting and that I needed to just let it out. And I wanted to mention that because I think I've heard that a lot of women cry when when they um, orgasm or during sex. Oh, and yeah. although sometimes it can just be a release, like sometimes I do it just because I've been holding on to so much or I've just been stressed mm-hmm. and my body in that point of orgasm just is like, oh my God, now I can let everything yes. out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so sometimes it is just about letting stress, but I think also it can be the body's way of saying there's trauma here. Yeah there is something that needs to be dealt with here. And I'm like wanting to make you aware of it. And I think it's really important if you feel safe in the moment or at another point to really address that and to not, to not hold it down. Cause I mean, I've had to accept and forgive a lot of people in my life. And a part of that is letting it go and not holding it in you and not storing it in your body. So I think that's really, really, really important. So I wanted to Yeah, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. I'm so glad you did. Okay. If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age would you pick and what would you say? Hmm. I would tell her that it's okay to say what you want, to know what you want, and it's more than okay to to seek pleasure and to not just want to give pleasure you know to be it's okay to be a sexual being it's okay to want to feel good it's okay to you know basically just saying you are worthy and you have the right to speak up for yourself because I think at that point I really didn't think I did I didn't think I I thought I would be rejected if I said this doesn't feel good or um, can you change what you're doing or I'm not in the mood or can you please wear a condom or can you please not do that? Can you please do this? I thought that if I said those things, I would be rejected and therefore I thought that I wasn't good enough and I would just tell her that you are good enough and that you can you can say and do all of those things because mm. um, no one no one is telling me that. No one, no one is telling me that it was okay to do that, that consent was important. I didn't know about consent. Yeah. No. So. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Do you want to ask me a sex question? Mm. 
What's the what's one of the most valuable things you've learned from your interviews with people? Every time over and over again, I learn how wildly different each of our experiences is in a way that somehow makes it also weirdly universal. Mm. And I learn how much more work I have to do as a listener. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm always practicing holding space for people. And for me also, I have a brain that likes to try to make conscious sense of or put language to the unconscious agreements that so many humans make and operate with. And mm -hmm. I think lately the thing that I've been noticing so much is how different my experiences are with people who you know, you're here talking with me today, sharing extremely openly. And mm. you've listened to some of the podcasts, but we've never spoken with our mouths mm -hmm. at each other before. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like we've <laughs> typed, but like not, yeah. we haven't yeah. spoken with our mouths at each other before. Yeah. And so, and so I'm having to really learn the difference between like this, the invitation that exists, that is explicit in some ways, because you mm. apply and I say yes, and we have this agreement. Mm. And I'm learning that you can't just make explicit agreements with everyone in the world. <laughs> like you can't just do it because my brain is like, I know the answer now. So that's kind of like a mushy way of saying I'm still just trying to figure out how to talk to people, I guess. Mm. <laughs> like about sex oh, specifically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also uh. that like no matter how many people I talk to here, it's I'm still making baby steps. And like stepping forward and falling backward in my personal life. And like yeah. having a sex podcast in some ways has only made me worse at it. Because <laughs> <laughs> my barometer is all off. Uh, yeah. Ah, Z, yeah. your shares are fucking amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the questions. It was, um, you know, in a, in a selfish way, it feels good to, to talk about yourself sometimes <laughs> and to, to share stories. I really enjoy sharing. Um, but I hope that, I don't know, something I've, I've said can be a value to someone. And I just think, yeah, thank you for the questions you asked. Thank you for the opportunity. It was yeah. really beautiful. <laughs>